Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. This is your host, George Muniz Gund. It is my pleasure today to welcome back Faina Cherdak. Uh, we love having Faina on this podcast, and uh, the first episode I did with her was very popular, the fifth most downloaded. Um, and so we, we have Faina back today. Um, we're going to talk about the issues with the education system and how hard it can be to navigate this system as neurodivergent folks. And um, you may remember, if you listened to the first episode with Faina, uh, she mentioned that she was uh, kicked out of every class throughout her life, uh, through her, throughout her academic life. So... Uh, welcome, Faina. I'm sorry I've done so much talking. No, um, no. I mean, this is how we work. This is how we operate. I love talking. This is why I feel so safe and excited to be talking with you today. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, as always, I can jump right. I don't even know. Like, there's so much to say. But yeah, you got it right. I got kicked out of every single class. Um, up until, you know, I started to really appreciate the class to what I wanted to learn so it's been a crazy time reflecting back on all of my experiences in school yeah I wanted to and I'm, I'm uh first of all thank you for you know being open to share these these experiences and so I wanted to ask you what is like the earliest memory maybe we could just start with like the earliest memory you have of this happening and and then kind of progressing from there wow you just triggered a whole memory for me i actually i don't even think that far back when i think about getting kicked out uh, because i got transferred in the middle of second grade to a private school um Funny story, I, I I went, so I grew up very Russian, I, well, technically Ukrainian, but I spoke Russian, that was my first language, <clears throat> so that already, um, with that came a lot of challenges. I went to a Russian daycare, where I only spoke Russian, and from that Russian daycare, and from my Russian household, where I'd only speak Russian, I was... Um, sent to kindergarten um, through half of second grade at a school called West Portal in San Francisco. And um, it was a Chinese immersion school. Mm. And uh, I didn't even know English. <laughs> and, you know, aside from the academics, the social life was really challenging for me. And that's kind of all I really thought about as a kid. I didn't really care about academics. I was just trying to have fun. Yeah. Um, trying to stimulate myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I recall my uncle still talks about this story to this day, but he would, he like, he's a very emotional man. I think he also has ADHD actually. Um, but he always tears up when he remembers a story, he picked me up from, you know, kindergarten and, um, I'd be sitting on the bench by myself while all the kids were playing. And he goes, why aren't you playing with all the kids? And I said, well, they don't like me. They don't understand me. Mm -hmm. And it just broke his heart and thinking I'm a very emotional person. So thinking back at it, like it just hurts to think that a kid would feel this way, you know, and yeah. of course, worse things happen, but you know, I, I didn't even 
for me, the social thing was really important. Um, mm. I didn't know anything was going wrong academically. I just knew that I, I literally didn't understand what was happening in school at all. The only memory I have of school is the hundredth day of school where we would bring in a hundred like items of something. And I always brought like pennies or something small. Um, and all I remember was in the middle of second grade, I got pulled out and my mom was like, you're going to a private school now. I said, okay, but why? And she said, they couldn't handle you. They like, you need more attention. Uh, however, she never like acknowledged that anything was, uh, I don't want to say wrong with me, but at the time it felt like something was wrong with me, you know, like I needed acknowledgement of that, yeah. um, that I was different and I had special needs. Um, even moving to the private school, it was actually more rigorous and, um, I was more lost, um, culturally, um, language wise, I just didn't fit in with the kids. I went to a very affluent school. Um, and the only thing that helped me survive and ha- like, I would come home so happy because I would laugh my ass off in these classes. I don't know at what, like, even to this day, I have laugh attacks and they don't make sense. Sometimes I would have laugh attacks when my little sister would get hurt and I wouldn't know why it was so rude. But like laughing is such a stimuli for me. It's, it's fun. It's fun. And it felt like it was the only reason for going to school. Um, And because of that, I would literally get kicked out of every single Mm. class, but I wouldn't care because I, it's not like I was learning anyway. Um, And I never got kicked out for not learning. I'd only get kicked out for being distracting. Um, teachers would pull me aside and try to teach me in the same ways that they teach in class. Mm. And I would just not understand. Um, so there were just a few obstacles. It was very layered, you know, ADHD plus, uh, language barrier plus cultural barrier barrier, you know? So, and also just the fact that I was, um, from a low income household, my parents are immigrants and like, I didn't fit in, in so many ways. Mm. So laughter was the only way I could fit in. It was the only way I could connect with people and other now who people who have ADHD would also contribute to those laugh attacks. Um, so yeah, that's my long winded little background on my first memories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I mean, I can definitely relate to like that stage or early on, um, when, it's really hard to socialize because no one, I mean, I felt that, you know, in my early school days, um, dating back to the 90s when I was, so I was born in Brazil, but then I, I spent, I did live in San Francisco um, from like a few months old till nine years old and uh, I had one very good friend, um, her name was, uh, well, their name is Lisa, they're non-binary now, um, and it turns out that, so, you know, there was, there was Lisa, and then there were, like, a few others as well, but Lisa was, like, my main friend throughout those, like, preschool, I think up till second or third grade, which is when I moved to Brazil again, um, 
it so like Lisa was pretty much my main friend and then I later come to find out that Lisa is also autistic I I actually got my diagnosis first I got mine in 2010 which was seven years after we studied together and then she got hers even more they got theirs even more recently in uh, 2017 um so and then that was so that was like and then it just made so much sense I was like oh of course you know like because we were both neurodistinct we both communicate in similar ways but anyways like I remember um you know I have hyperactive brain you know I go on these tangents too but uh, uh yeah like it, I remember the struggles from that age I remember even from like preschool um it was hard to connect with other kids aside from Lisa um and uh, I did an episode with Lisa early early on in this podcast I think it was like episode nine it was like back in October and uh, we were both like kind of reminiscing on our experiences and her ex their experience was actually um, very different a little bit different even harsher than than me because they presented it as female at the time um, and they there was like this teacher that was, even though, like, they didn't really understand me very much either, it feels like they made, especially, especially this one teacher we were talking about, she made more of an effort to understand. She was, like, more lenient towards me than she was with Lisa. Um, with Lisa, she was just more like... Like, with me, she was more like, oh, you know, let's maybe there was some more effort to like try to accommodate and help and with lisa it was more like oh you're a problem you're you don't you shouldn't do this and, and that or whatever so it's like that was very revealing like in terms of how ableism and sexism work together um yeah. so yeah it's just unfortunate and it, i'm i know it still happens today um and it's like I know we were talking a little bit about this earlier like it happens not even intent I mean of course in a lot of cases it's not intentional but it's like so ingrained as a societal thing like we're supposed to do things in these certain ways um, and like, I, cause I remember I even touched on this briefly in our last episode, um, about how I had this one class, this one like computer class and they made you type in this specific way that just didn't work for me. It was like, literally it's faster for me to type in the way that I type and I can do it well. And I, but no, you have to learn how to type this way. You have to do it this way. And I would drive myself crazy and I would like get in my head and I can't do it. And I'm like, why? Why can't I just do it my way? And so I feel like that still happens today because like we were just talking a little bit about uh, um, acting class that you're taking right now. And I, I have actually taken the same for our viewers that don't know. 
I've taken the same class exactly one year ago because we did the same acting program but um, a year apart even though there was a little bit of overlap and I, I had a scene that that Faina had as well but anyways now we're going into the weeds but um, <laughs> where it wouldn't be us if we didn't I mean give yourself yeah be gentle it's true it's true that's that's a good reminder um so yeah um gosh okay i was talking it's okay it's happening it's happening i recognize it i can't help you because it's happening to me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah it just happens it's how it goes for the Um, viewers what's happening is we've lost our train of thought yeah we've lost our train of thought the train has absolutely left and it might have fallen off a cliff (laughs) yeah um oh okay now it's coming back to me a little bit um so, yeah, because we were talking about how there's this one exercise in this class um, that you have to, it's like you, it's called top downs. And <laughs> the pain in my heart. Oh my God. <laughs> it really hurts me. I just got introduced to it. I cannot explain it because it hurts my brain. So I'll leave that to you. <laughs> I'll try to explain it. <laughs> um. <sighs> So it's basically like you you have this goal of something that... So there's a professional goal and there's a personal goal. So there's technically two different top-downs. And the... So these are like goals that you want to achieve like in a week, for example. Um, I want to... Let's say my professional goal is to write 20 pages of my script. So then, you know, you take, um, well, let's, for simplicity, let's say it's a 10-day top-down. So then you take, um, you're like, okay, 20 pages in in two to, in 10 days is the goal. So then you're like two pages per day for 10 days, you know, something like that. And then you have to, so the way that our teacher teaches his specific method <laughs> is that... <laughs> You start with, so each day you you start from the top, which is once you've completed the task, right? Well, you've done what you need to do or you, you have two pages in this case. Then you have to move down like, okay, from two pages, what's the, what like before you have two pages, you've you know, you've drafted or whatever, like what's the previous step and then the previous step and then the previous, previous step. And that was just a very, and Faina was just telling me how, how she's struggling with this because for our neurodistinct brains, like, because I, I had the same kind of struggle, we, you know, we like to think down, up, like progression, like not instead, the whole, con- I remember I struggled with the same exact thing. The whole concept of going from the top down was just very mind-boggling. Yeah, it's so backwards. And like George and I were talking before, uh, like we have worked so hard, uh, us neurodistinct people, to create systems for ourselves that work for us because the way the world works does not work for us. It does not work for our brains. It does not make sense. And we have to work extra hard to, to create a system that 
that allows us to do, you know, potentially a basic thing for a, um, wow, what's it called? Um, I uh, want to say top down, but uh, I know that that's wrong. For a neurotypical, my bad. For a neurotypical. Um, for a neurotypical yeah. brain. Um, so it's just, you know, it's, it's already a lot of thought that goes into that and, and to be taught a way to, to do something that you've learned to do another way is like very painful because you like, as an adult, you're like, I get to choose how I learn. I get to choose what makes sense to me and how I can get to a certain goal. And it's not going to be what works for other people. Yeah. And I honestly feel like Jim created this because, oh my God, my desk is going up. (laughs) I think Jim created this because he doesn't think like normal people either. This is what works for him. And I respect that. I think it's great that he came to this. Um, And I'm willing to put in the work to try to make, try to, you know, achieve these goals in the way that he wants us to, but I will not be using this. I can tell you this much. It is not going to work for me, but it is a good baseline for what might work for me in the future. I mean, it could be, like, that's a good way of thinking about it. It's, like, it could be, you know, like, doing this that doesn't work for you could be a way of showing you what will work for you. and what. I mean, it's also, like, I'm glad that he only, and I know, and hopefully he, he, I mean, if it's anything like it was with my class, um, that this exercise is only one week. And then you technically you do one for three months, but it's like, I will personally attest that there were people in my class that didn't do great on their top downs at the end of the session. And it doesn't really matter. You know, they still, you still finish the business class. Um, and, you know, everyone finishes at that point. And it's like you have, you still learn all the valuable stuff that you learn about auditioning and everything. Um and it's like that's one method that you do as an exercise for Jim and then he even re- he even recognizes that it's not going to work for everyone yeah although i will say like if he were cuz i don't know because i know as a fact that he teaches these classes a little differently sometimes so if he does um if he does ask you to do it again next week and it, it you, you feel free to reach out to me because you know and this is where the advocacy work really yeah really yeah and and, yeah. and i'm someone you know who in my adult life i've kind of i don't know how i bypassed um my younger years but i've i've learned how to learn um but it really surrounds like my special interests and like i have to be really passionate about the topic yeah um, so I think I will challenge myself no matter what, and I know it's going to be extremely painful. I just want to prove to him that I can do it. And I think he already knows it's challenging to, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need to prove myself to anyone. Um, I just, maybe, maybe I have it a little bit misconstrued in my head. Maybe I'm pushing myself too much, but I want to be able to do things that challenge me and are pain. I don't know why I use the word painful because it is painful. It's like, I feel major discomfort in my brain. Like it's, it's uneasiness and I can't explain 
why that is, but I've always felt like severe discomfort when someone's teaching me something I, I cannot follow. I'm not interested in, I cannot follow. I do not, I just, I, I can't comprehend. And, you know, that brings me back to the school system because mm. I feel like I wish there were different avenues. I, f- I feel, wish there were, you know, more creative outlets to yeah. learn simple things. And also mm-hmm. like reenacting real life scenarios. You know, I feel like instead of having word problems in math class, it would be cool to like actually be like, shopping at the store like that, picking oh my god uh orange for 2.99 like yeah make shift a, a store or like makeshift sally needs five bananas you know like be like i know there's a lot of hands-on in school but it's not it's not very you know um diverse mm-hmm. so i feel like just like having more channels you know some people love video games like i, I don't really know how you'd incorporate that i'm not a video game person but like, I know for me, it would be like acting things out and mm-hmm. like living, living the problems or the scenarios. That would be really interesting for me. Creating a play for history, because I literally mm. wish I, I could retain all this history that was yeah. taught, but I did not learn. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of regret not having common knowledge, basic foundational knowledge in my adulthood that I could have had if I, if I could learn like others. It's, it's just embarrassing. Also, like, I accept myself. <laughs> well, I think what it really, to me, in my opinion, what it seems this seems to boil down to is that they're not like these things aren't taught enough in like alternative ways. And like like you were saying, it would be so interesting if you know you you made like, and it would be so much more engaging for so many more students if you made math fun and interesting and like a you know made it like a real life kind of situation instead of like oh pages read pages 20 through 30 and do pages 35 oh, through 50 you know i like, have not read a single <laughs> book i feel like until like upper division college mm-hmm. because i was finally interested in, yeah. in complicated topics because we have complex brains as neurodiseased mm-hmm. people we think like no other person can. We yeah. think about things that no one would even think to think about. Yeah. But we need to be able to channel that, you know? We need to be able mm-hmm. to, like, find something that attracts us, like, you know? Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's – I have a lot of, like – I don't want to call it regret, but it's, like, just – It's kind just, of like um, – I have it, too. I don't know exactly how to – how to characterize it it's yeah it's not really regret it's just it's kind of a grievance actually i think grievance. I, it's a grievance yeah it Absolutely. is a grievance i grieve the fact that i don't have the knowledge that i could have had and i like people talk about basic things i'm very upfront i'm like i, I genuinely don't know a lot about politics a lot about history a lot about geography a lot about you know math although simple math like and again, I don't think that everybody needs to be doing this artistic way. I think that there needs to be a system where you can, you, can you know, be sorted, not just intermediate level, advanced mm-hmm. level, and like stupid level. I would always be so proud to be in the stupid classes because I'd be like so comforted yeah. by the fact that we are being, and still, I wouldn't like really understand what was going on all the time, but like, it was just like nice to be in a little community that like also struggled. 
Yeah, and it's there shouldn't be so much stigma around like what level of class you're you're in or whatever. Like you know, there should be like the level that works, and maybe it should be rethought. Maybe it shouldn't even be levels. It should be like interests, interests, and categories. Like yeah, what is your interest? Because like mm-hmm. for my cousin who's autistic, engineer, mm-hmm. loves math, loved math, reads math books in his free time. Um, like his special interest would have been like calculations, math formulas, you know, so maybe you could bring formulas into like make history into formulas. I really don't know how that would work. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just saying like special interests divide. Some people love animals. Maybe you can learn about animals through, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was acting art activities, games, like games with- are so fun. I feel like that would mm-hmm. be a great way to learn too. With weather, I feel like, because weather is a big special interest of mine, and I think it would make it more interesting for the other people, too, like, instead of, because, like, the little bit that they would teach in school, um, instead of making it, like, a lesson, like, you're teaching this stuff on the whiteboard, you're talking about, because it's literally, like, why the weather is so fascinating to me is because it's literally what the sky above us is doing, and why. And it's, like, weather classes, like, geography classes or whatever, like, that involve teaching weather should be outside. And it's, like, they should all be outside. Unless it's raining. (laughs) Unless it's raining, maybe, like... Although that's a good lesson. Some exception, (laughs) but it's a good lesson. But I don't know, like, it should be, like... I don't know, you don't want to put people in danger, but it's, like, it should be, like, during an extreme weather event, like, I don't know. Some kind yeah. Go go make your own, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. observations and, and take your own notes and understand it for yourself in your own way. Yeah, because like a lot of what I've learned from weather has come from observation. Like there is a big part that has come from, you know, reading about it and auditing classes, but there has been a big part that, that comes just from ob- observing the weather and then applying some of what I've read about or whatnot. And then, then it clicks. That's when it clicks. And that's when it's like, that's why that's happening. That's why I can see it now with my eyes. Um, so it's just like, yeah, I feel like that's another thing, you know, like weather classes should be outdoors. Yeah. I mean, just more interesting classes. Um, Mm -hmm. I visited my old high school, my alma mater recently, because my little sister, she's 10 years younger, she goes there. Um, And I have a lot of teachers that are still there that I love very much. Mm -hmm. And when I come back, I go, I mean, the first time I came back, uh, you know, after graduating, I... (laughs) I literally went to every single teacher that was still there. And I was like, I just wanted to come by and say, I'm very sorry for all the pain I caused you because you have yelled at it. Like I, I love to push teachers buttons. It was really mm-hmm. fun for me. It was like stimulating and I knew it was bad, but like, for me, it was like survival. Like I didn't know what I was doing in class. Otherwise, like I was like, I'm not having fun. Like I would talk to my mm-hmm. friends across the room. I would make jokes. I would try to make people laugh. I would then have a laugh attack and I, Teachers would tell me to leave, and I'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'd laugh more, and then they, I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll excuse myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'd make faces through the class, you know? Anyway, so I apologized to every one of those teachers, and they were like, honestly, I don't remember you like that. I know you were a pain in the ass. That's a fact. But you were such a wonderful kid. You were you were so special, and you were such a joy mm-hmm. to have in the grade, in the class, 
you made the class cohesive, you know? So there's so many beautiful things about neurodistinct people. Um, But that's not to say I didn't give them the hardest time probably of their careers. Um, And I'm sort of proud of that because it's like, it takes a lot. (laughs) That's like my maniacal self. But really like, as somebody who now would have maybe liked to be a teacher in some ways in my adulthood, um, that would be an interesting path for me. I, I have a lot of sympathy and mm-hmm. I've worked with campers and I wanted to lose my shit on them. Mm-hmm. Like I could not work with people that have same issues with as me. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It is a very hard thing to do Yeah, to work with people with special needs. Mm-hmm. I can say that from my own experience, literally people who resemble my actions as a child were really hard to manage as yeah. a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to school, there's uh, there's two things that I think are really important, and I would love to see more of as you know in the school system. I think there needs, you know, just like there's recess every day, I think there needs to be like you know at least a ten minute check in with a therapist every day or at least once a week with every single kid Mm -hmm. because there's so many contributing factors to why kids might be acting out you know obviously Mm like there's just a lot more investigation that needs to happen with in the schools about how every single kid is feeling yeah over and i believe self-love should be taught that needs to be self-love and acceptance celebrating differences like loving one another and, and seeing the beauty in each other, you know, um, I think those are just so important. Yeah. And I, I know agree. I totally cut you off. So I will. No, it's, um, <laughs> it's, I was just gonna, uh, talk about how I was going to say, like, if, like you were saying, you know, if we had that kind of system where every child was, you know, getting checked on and asked like are you doing all right how are you doing at home how are you doing at school like what's going on with you we would have like the bullying rates i i have no doubt in my mind that the bullying rates would just drop dramatically because like people wouldn't have all these and like the bullies wouldn't have all this internalized stuff going on with them which is like causing them to bully others um and you know there would just be i think there would also be like a lot more understanding and this would be more related to like talking more about things like neurodiversity in classes from an early grade there would be more understanding of everyone around you like even for the neurotypicals like understanding of the people around them and more acceptance um through that you know but it's just so unfortunate that the schools a lot of schools continue to operate in very traditional neuronormative you know non-diverse ways and even schools even places that will pledge you know to be you know diverse you know or to be like maybe they'll say they're you know pro women but they do they really support disabled women they say that they're pro lgbt do they support disabled lgbt people like it's yep 
it, it needs it's a whole to be. niche community you know yeah it's yeah yep yeah so anyways that's uh my my little tangent on on that specifically um so you know that we're we were kind of talking about high school um I have my own like high school bullying story and so I might use this platform now to call out some of my bullies by name um, yes yeah I'm here and, for it and I love this. You, you can do the same oh I can start us out and Unless no, you want it. Okay. I, I want you to have this moment. Okay, this I'll, is, I'll, I think yeah. everybody deserves this. Yeah, I'm going to have this moment. Yes, it's yours. All right, here we go. Um, ah, my high school bullies. Ah, Marina Serrano. These were, they were all, this was in Brazil. Marina Serrano, Mariana Diniz, Tatiana Bludeni, and Carolina Guimarães. I remember all of you, all of you. I remember everything you did. I remember you guys, you girls, making a fool of, well, really making a fool of yourselves, but you guys were thinking, you guys thought that you guys were making a fool of me and, you know, thought that I was never going to notice, and, you know, I don't know, you know, like, mm -hmm. these four girls, you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to, I hope they, I really hope they listen to this, I really hope they listen, because I'm just going to un unleash, I'm going to share, I'm going to share with you, and I'm going to share with everyone that is listening to this podcast, some of the things that they did, and some some stuff about them so this all starts you know the whole reason that they were in my class to begin with is because they failed the uh this was like ninth grade and they failed ninth grade the previous year um so you know not that there is not that that in itself was like show showed their their character but like i understand i understood later on why because they you know the teachers no teachers had anything nice to say about them like you know which is very like because there's a difference because like you can be because like you were saying earlier like you can be you can be so-called obnoxious or, you know, give teachers a hard time or whatever, but they'll know. Like, 10 years later, they'll know if you were actually... Yeah, you could have done that, but you were still a good person, and they know that. Now, these... I doubt that any of these teachers would still... would feel any warmth towards these girls because, um, you know, they... They basically saw that I was, I had a hard time, up, even then at that point, I had a hard time socializing with other people um, because I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't communicate in the same ways that they did. You know, I didn't, 
I guess um, it was a matter of like I didn't speak neurotypical and I'm not sure you know I think this was actually even a little bit before I got my diagnosis um, and uh, you know basically they noticed pretty much right away pretty fast that I um, you know was was different and that like I had a hard time socializing with people and that I had this vulnerability and like so there would be like uh, the teacher would would ask everyone to get in a group project and I wouldn't I would literally like this is my worst nightmare like always was this was always my worst nightmare because it's like I can't just you know get together with a group like I need like can you please at least Assign. Assign the groups, you know. Literally, yes. I know. And so they noticed that and right on, and they just, they, you know, they noticed that. And of course, what did they do? They pretended to be my friends. Um, they, you know, would, would get close to me and then we would. And then, you know, of course, there's this part of me that's like completely, especially in the beginning, completely eluded by it and completely like, oh, this is great. I have like a group of friends now um and and then it was just like they I don't even know what their objective was but they would like they kept asking me about like sexual things like uncomfortable inappropriate like sexual things they would like ask me like how oh my god like all this I shouldn't. You can say it. Okay. It's your podcast. <laughs> podcast, you're doing all <laughs> They would ask me how I masturbate, you know, right. stuff like that. Like, what? Right. Yeah, yeah. And and um, they would, like, get angry when I would tell them, because they would be, like, passing, like, I don't want to talk about this, you know. They would be, like, passing notes. Um uh like asking me to tell them how I masturbate and I'm I'm saying like I don't want to tell you how I masturbate um please don't ask me this <laughs> and they're like getting and then they get up upset and then they do like these guilt trip kind of Oh, but I thought we were your friend. Wow. So you don't want to talk about this. Wow, this is so hurtful, George. Like, you we're like your friends. And, like, you don't want to talk to us about this. And uh, and then I would, like, oh, my God. You know, they were, like, because I would tell, I would call them out. Like, I, I told them, I told them, uh, you how well your friends from tenth grade downstairs and recess. You guys don't talk about that stuff. Uh, like come on, like I I, you know I'm I know what's going on here, and then they're like oh but, but that's because they're not really our friends. You know like you are our friend and we care about you and you know they would just start going on this guilt stuff like oh you know, and then there was like. There was this one day that they, like, literally, I mean, because they had this kind of, like, you know, they knew that they could capitalize on, like, they gave me attention, and I liked that. So then somehow they got me, they literally did, like, a ponytail in, in on the back of my hair and, like, had, like, went down to recess. And, like, it was supposed to be funny. 
like kind of like you're their puppet like i'm their puppet yeah and i guess i hadn't really realized that at that point i mean i knew it was off i knew something was off and weird and you know like i don't this is this doesn't feel really good um but then you know I, I only came to realize this later, and then it was, like, actually one of these times that they, um, that, you know, they were trying to get me to talk about masturbation or whatever. Oh, my God. They, like, one day they told me, and I don't know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable either. No, because, I'm not uncomfortable at all. Okay. Because um, it's just very, like, not at all. Stuff. This is this is very real. <laughs> okay, it is this real. Is very real, George. And it's so, real. Thank you for sharing yeah. it. Please, yeah. Um. So they one day they actually asked me to go to the bathroom, and they wanted me to go to the bathroom and masturbate in a cup, and <sighs> bring it back. And I was like, No, <sighs> I'm not gonna do that. And they were, like, they would get so upset, like, I would refuse to do these things or talk about these things, and then their emotional, like, blackmail or whatever wouldn't be working. Manipulation. They would literally, there was one day that they took my, um, uh, one of my notebooks or something, like, they took it, and they wouldn't give it back when I, they were, like, playing around with it, and they wouldn't give it back, and I was asking, and we're in, like, fucking ninth grade, I'm like, are you guys fucking four? Um, and the teacher, and luckily, it was one of the teachers that knew them from before, and that was kind of like, oh, you girls messing around again, and, you know, I mean, they weren't, like, super helpful, but they at least made them give me my thing back, and I remember, I think it might have even been this teacher that asked me, is are they bothering you a lot like is something going on or maybe something along those lines and i think i was actually afraid in that moment because i knew that they were like really and then because they started talking about they kept talking about how their friends from 11th grade or their friends from 10th grade were gonna beat me up or whatever if i they would like use that to scare me um if i didn't like comply with them or whatever um, and then, of course, I didn't want to tell that teacher in that moment with everyone there. Um, and then there was this, like, one day that they, because one of them smoked cigarettes, and so there was this one day that they, like, she had a lighter, and, uh, she thought it would be fun, or it would kind of scare me or something if she put the lighter near my shirt, and... She actually, because my shirt had, like, this kind of plastic thing or, or something, and it, she did burn a little bit of my shirt because I I could smell the burned plastic. Um, and this was just all, like, this is, like, sick fun for them or whatever. Um, and... Eventually, there was one day that I did go to talk to the principal of the school. I used the recess time, like at the end of recess, I went to the principal's office. Um, and I thought it was going, originally I thought it was going to be like a 30 or a 40 minute conversation. And it ended up being like a two or three hour conversation. 
and it, so basically, so the end, um, you know what happened? Okay, this is what, now I actually remember what exactly happened, is that I tried to talk to the principal at the end of recess, but I actually, she was talking to someone else, and I had to wait, so I was actually sent up to my classroom to wait for like 10 or 20 minutes, I guess, the first class after recess. Um, and I think like somehow they, no, one of them had seen me outside of the principal's office. And so they were like, mm, were you at the principal's office? Why were you at the principal's office? Were you telling on us, George? Were you gonna tell on us? Um, so like that, that was starting to build, like that was like, yeah, they were starting to get, like, mad about that. Um, and then, thankfully, you know, someone came up to call me to go down to the principal's office. Um, and then that was actually the last, and I didn't know that was going to be the last time, but that was the last time I saw these girls. Um which was a good thing that it was the last time I saw those girls, but it was also the last time that I stepped foot in that classroom. Yeah, it was like the last time I stepped foot in that classroom. And it's it's, it's also like it made me upset because, because there were people in there that, I don't know if I was really like, close friends with anyone there but it was like there were people in that class that I had known for a few years at least because I had like we had come over from the same school from the middle so there was like a building for middle school and then this was the high school building but we had known each other since those days and it was like even though I wasn't like really close with any of them it would have been nice to have like by the to be like oh by the way I'm bye I'm not coming back to the school anymore um so they didn't get expelled you no, left no I left because this is what happened we went so I ended up going downstairs and I had like this three-hour conversation with the principal and after that conversation I felt that she was gonna do something about it because she, her tone like it sounded that she was like okay we're gonna talk to their parents, um, you know, you should go home, you come back tomorrow or whatever, but we're gonna, we're gonna talk to their parents, and, like, I don't know, like, at, at least in that moment, like, she sounded really serious, and she sounded like she was going to, um, address this, and, um, so, of course, you know, I got home, I think it was like that same day I ended up telling the whole thing to my mom and my dad and then my mom was of course really really upset and um, immediately started trying to arrange a meeting with the principal um, and so the principal like I don't remember exactly like the initial stages of this but well to I'm, so one of these girls, one of these girls, unfortunately, and you know, this was a kind of elitist, like preppy high school in Sao Paulo. And one of these girls was actually the granddaughter, Manina Janice, her name. Um, 
She was the granddaughter of an owner of a major supermarket chain in Brazil. And um, so, of course, you know, she was getting special treatment, you know, of course, like... Probably the school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there was probably money involved. Yeah, there was like... Because then, of course, you know, like the... the, I mean, of course, the parents and the girls are going to deny it. And then they made up some BS bogus story that uh, I had some blog online that I talked about them sexually. But there was no screenshot of this blog. There was no link for this blog. They like, just believed them? They just believed them. Or what, like, it was literally, like, because my mom threatened to sue the school, and the school sent a letter back from their lawyers saying, alleging this about this blog. And I'm like... Is there a photo of this blog? Is there a link for this blog? What is the... No, they just... I guess they just believed it or whatever. Um, So, it was like... I don't know. Like, I, I, I... They didn't... I think the decision was... Like, all I knew... Like, what I really remember from that point is that... um that's the last time I stepped foot in that school. I didn't go the next day, and I, I didn't go after that because it was just that my mom was super frustrated too. My mom was like, she actually had a meeting with her lawyer at the school with the principal, and it was like, they were just, they weren't gonna do anything about it, uh, and we didn't want to fucking go through a lawsuit. So, um. Uh, yeah, no, that was the end of that, but I'm really happy that on this podcast today, I get to call out these four girls, whoever knows where the heck they are now, but Marina Serrano, Mariana Diniz, Tatiana Bludeni, and Carolina Guimarães, I remember you. You're getting exposed, bitches. You're getting exposed, bitches, you're getting exposed. <laughs> <laughs> so there. As rightfully so, I'm so, like, thank you for sharing, but also so fucking sorry that people are mess have messed in, you know, with your pure, pure heart, and that is just, that's what happens to a lot of neurodistant people. That's true, that's true, and it's... Your heart is pure, your intentions are, you wear your intentions on your sleeves, you see that shit through your eyes, you see it through your gentle actions, you you don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. But the fact that people can hurt you is evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I do wonder though, like I mean, they should really do the work on their own without hearing this podcast. But if they did hear this podcast and they were to apologize, would that make a difference? I think it would, even though I don't know, like it might still take me a while or I don't know yet at this point really if I would be able to forgive them, but it would, it would mean, it would be significant. It would definitely, I think it would be a mature thing to do on their part. Um, But, you know, I know I can't control what others do. And I think what we can, we tend to do is like spiral Mm -hmm. and like, for me, it's I'm I'm still working in therapy on like moving on from uncomfortable feelings and painful mm-hmm. 
rejection or yeah. just like you know sometimes i'll like to our teacher i'll say like the wrong thing and he'll you know how he is sometimes i he's know like, how he is oh, we know and him. i'm just like i literally don't know how i'm gonna sleep tonight mm-hmm. because of just like little little things and yeah when something big like that happens because you want to feel like heard and supported and i think this is i know exactly what I have a strong... You want to be treated with sensitivity, too, because it's, like, yeah. so sensitive. Exactly, hurts, exactly. See, so that's, what, that's what people need to understand. And it's, like, it's too bad, because it's, like, I know Jim is well-intentioned, and I, we, yes. we both know, but it's, like, uh, you know, sometimes... He's very it's just Hollywood, like, though. Like, he's, he's very... teaching us, too. Yeah. That's, like, what I tell myself when, like, he's... He says something, and I know he doesn't mean anything by it, but I know I'm going to think about it, like, until mm-hmm. I, it leaves my body. Because, like, I feel it in my body. It's not yeah. even just my brain. It's, like, pain. Yeah, it is a body. <laughs> it is, you know, and it's linked. It's been, like, scientifically proven that the pain that you feel, like, emotionally, it's linked to yeah. pain that you feel physically. Sometimes, you know, like, when, when these uncomfortable, like, little interactions that probably don't mean anything to neurotypicals mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. Uh, I, specifically in acting class and in that community, I always say, that's Hollywood, baby. That's, like, my way to be, like, that's Hollywood, it's gonna be worse, you know, like, I'm just preparing myself, that's, like, my mantra right now, mm. is, like, when I'm feeling a little bit of discomfort yeah. interaction, I'm like, that's Hollywood. <laughs> it does, you know, it's... It is, and it does make me sad, and it's like, I hope it changes, because it can be so damaging, because I actually... It's brutal. It's brutal. I'm going to share another little story. Yes. Um, I had a little, like, kind of a little argument by email with my agent a couple months ago, because, yeah, unfortunately, because the complaint was... um, so she got some kind of feedback on one of my auditions, uh, the the which was I blame neurotypicals for this because lack of direct communication and instruction. I was supposed to be in the audition. I'm supposed to be talking to someone uh, that's next to me, and I I'm pretty sure the the direction even said because I'm really meticulous about directions. I'm pretty sure it even said that I was talking to a person next to me. I'm supposed to be talking to, like this, you know. And so that's what I did to the camera because Jim and the technique and all the teachings were all about realism. So, okay, what would be real? I would be doing, if the person is next to me, I'm doing this. I didn't want to be doing this to the camera because I'm like, isn't the person next to me, not in front of me? Um, And then so I did it like that. And then there was some kind of complaint around the lines like they couldn't properly hear or see me because I was turning my head to talk to the person. And I'm just like, that was the direction. And that wasn't even what we argued about. Um, we, after that audition, yeah, after that audition, um, she, because of that, she told me like, oh, now, from now on, you should, I want you to send me all your auditions before you submit them. And that kind of like, I know, like, she's doing it like she wants to help, but it does feel kind of like it's excluding, like, a punishment or whatever for actually following the direction that was stated in the, in the you know, call or whatever. Um, but then, so, okay, I'm like, whatever, you know, that was kind of already bugging me, 
But I was like, you know, whatever. So there was some audition. The next audition that I did, um, I I sent. I did that. I sent her the video of it, and she said that the audition was good, but she was unhappy with the slate because was, the slate. What? Oh, okay. I hope I'm, I'm not, not there yet in class. So okay, <laughs> okay don't, don't tell Jim. I, I won't. I won't. Okay, because I feel like that's something I should know. You know. No, you guys haven't. I forgot. You're in the. You're still early in the business class, but this will come up. Um, it will come up with okay. Kyla. Okay. Yeah, but okay. Okay. Got okay. it. Pretend you don't. You're know. like scared now. You're I'm like scared. I'm scared of Jim <laughs> and Kyla. Like, no. Yeah, fuck, I'm not supposed to tell you this. Um. Okay. Um. Our teacher's very strict. Yeah, he's he does very not strict. Let alumni, tell us what comes next. Yeah. It's all, it all unravels before our eyes. Yeah. Which is And he, no, it was fascinating, but it's like such like, I remember that driving my, my neurodistinct brain crazy because I would ask him like during the train, so are we like getting a scene next? Or are we like, just wait, you don't, you're like, she was like, I'm not going to tell, he's like, I'm not going to tell you, George. And I'm like, okay. But anyways, um, so this was because, so the... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, but then just pretend you don't know. That's fine. Um, I, I have a lot of questions anyway, okay. so I'll just say that for Jim. Yeah. So, um, the slate is like basically it's like you say your name and your height and the city you're in in a little short clip before the audition itself, and um, so apparently the and I I don't think and I think Kyla kind of she touched on this, but maybe I just didn't remember that well. But apparently, the slate is actually the part that people, like, you're supposed to be, like, all up, is, it is a part that you're supposed to be all upbeat and stuff, and charming or whatever, or showing off your personality to the neurotypicals, <laughs> I guess. Um, but I didn't really grasp that at first, and I hadn't grasped that with up until this audition, because I was like, to me, it's like, okay, the direction and say your name, location, and height. I'm going to say my name, location, and height. And that's what I do in the slate. And then she's like, oh, um, this slate is, is, is terrible. Um, you, you need to, you don't look interesting. You, you don't look like someone that has any fun at all. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that was, that literally offended me. That's disrespectful. I and I I unleashed and I felt really oh my god the RSD was going crazy and stuff yeah. you know but I unleashed and I'm like wait a second you work for me excuse me you know yeah. I was like I sent her an email like hey you you work for me and this and this and that and this is ableist and this is um this is not okay uh, and I told her I want to be able to tell people with higher so I'm an advocate and I I don't know if she'd ever. I sent her my blog, I sent her my podcast, I don't know if she's ever bothered to listen to it or read it, but I'm like, I want to be, able, I'm an advocate, and I want to be able to tell people, to tell people, this gets me upset, I'm like, yeah. I, I want to be able to tell people with high support needs, maybe higher support needs than myself, that cannot put on a happy face and mask or whatever, present in the way neurotypicals want to see them. And I want to tell those people that they can be actors as well. And I want to tell them that they can be accepted, that they can do their slate 
and it can be monotone, and they can be accepted and not called, not judged like this woman is like, oh, you look like you don't have any fun in life. I'm like, how do you know that? You don't know. She doesn't even, we haven't even met in person. We don't even know each other. Like, how can you say that and you think I don't have any fun in life because I'm not making some happy face on a video? Right. I'm like, that made me upset. I was like, I was upset. I was like, that was, that felt like, that was bullying. That was a bullying and ableism. Like, yeah. Yeah. I almost called Jim about that because there's this whole part of me that's like, okay, don't, oh shit, he's going to hear this anyways if he listens, but it's fine. You know what? I'm in trouble with Jim already. It's fine. Um, oh no, you are? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's because, no, just because I'm like telling you things that maybe I shouldn't yeah, be telling fine. you. That's fine. I mean, this is, I could look this up myself. It's true. You could. So, okay, I'll tell you. Um, it's not like miser training, you know, that you yeah. can't get under. Yeah. Anyways, he, this agent, she's also like a friend of Jim's, and Jim has a podcast. You might have heard of it. It's oh, okay. Yeah, it's called uh, I forget. It's called the Actors Podcast or something. Bay Area Actor. I've listened to Bay Area Actor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She. So she's on one of his episodes. Like they're friends. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, like, I know that it's like. I think a, a big reason as to why I signed with her is because I studied with Jim. Um, and so I know that there is this part of me that, of course, you know, I'm grateful to Jim because of that. And so I don't want to, like, complain. You know, I don't want to call him. I don't want it to sound... I don't want it to sound like I'm, like, just complaining. But, but he also wants you to have integrity, He right? wants That's me to have integrity. So I'm like, you know, I think it does need to be... Like, I'm still kind of like, you know, and there's really not much, even though there's not really much he could, like, do about it at this point, and I've already had a conversation, I mean, an email conversation, and she has seen my side, and she has sort of apologized, I think. Um, But I don't know, I still have a better, a bitter taste in my mouth, and I think it's something that maybe he should know, and maybe Kyla should know. Just to, like, be more aware of, like, how people can present in different ways and, like, don't don't judge someone like that without knowing them just because they might present a certain way in a video. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really proud of you for standing your ground because it's, like, really hard to mm-hmm. do uh, and, like, create boundaries in really difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Um and sort of with people of power too, it's like extra scary. Uh-huh. Um, but also I wanted to say that, you know, that's your strength. That's your mm-hmm. strength. That's who you are. And that's what he's ta- teaching us about headshots. Not quite yet, but you know, he, we talked to Michael, his, yeah, his year from I remember. LA mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, he made me tear up while he was saying what we need to do in those headshots. It's be yourself. Be everything that you are. Embrace yourself. You are not anybody else. Mm-hmm. You be true to you. And I think your agent might have missed that. Clearly. <laughs> well, like, Clearly, yeah. It seems Because to me. you're right for a role that uh-huh. is, you know, like, it's looking for the strengths that you have. Yeah. So, 
she's kind of doing you a disservice in that way. I know. Yeah. You could be cast because of that. Mm -hmm. I could, you know, I've actually been thinking and, you know, I also don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful to like Jim or whatever, but like, honestly, like she hasn't really gotten me any work yet. And I know it's a tough market, but like, it's been almost a year with her so it might and my therapist was good you know, I was I've talked to her about this too and she's like you know what you're in your rights to like after a year you could just say you know thank you very much I'm moving on um and I might do that, did that. You, you know his stories mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It, you know and, and and we actually just covered this in class yesterday um somebody asked you know when do you when do you know you've outgrown your agent how do you know mm-hmm you need to move on and he says when you're not getting booked mm. when there's no connection when there's yeah there's no, no connection and it's not a lot yeah yeah it's too bad because i feel like i and maybe i still do try too hard but like i i feel like especially in the beginning and now i'm really having this realization but especially in the beginning i was trying really hard to like connect with this woman and like you know oh because she's a friend it's hard to connect it should it should be kind of like you know a synergy you know mm-hmm. you, you want to create it a little bit but you know you should feel good and connected right away and i i know we don't really have um the privilege to be so picky with agents cuz we just kind of are yeah. starting out but mm-hmm. you know moral integrity you know, that's, that's what I keep going back to. I mean, if you're not feeling good, if something doesn't feel right, you need to listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, like, I might, like, if she doesn't get me any jobs in the next two or three months, which is when it'll be a year since I signed with her, then yeah. I'm, I'm out. And, and it, I know it's a risk. I know it's like I might not be able to sign with another agent right away, but, like, I can I can submit for stuff on my own. I can do my my projects. I'm really excited about getting this film done and you know having another neurodistinct actress on on it as as my sister and um yeah, it's going to be fun and this will be like my first like film project. Um anyways, yeah. Uh I know we're we're running we have what 14 minutes or 10 minutes yeah yeah about okay. 10 uh, 14 14 10 14 okay <laughs> um that's too bad because i know that you know we could talk um forever yeah um but i guess i just wanted to ask because we we touched a little bit on this before we started recording um just on like well, first, I wanted to open up if you had anything to say about your high school experience and if you wanted to call out any teachers or any bullies or anyone that treated you badly, feel free. Like, how you can have your moment now. Uh, why'd you just do this to me? Well, I'll start with... I'm not going to call out any bullies, um, but I'll tell you that... Um, There was a lot of manipulation in a quote-unquote friendship. Um, They were my best friends, (laughs) but they were evil. Mm. And they were twins. And that makes it even more evil, double the evil. 
Um, and they were just awful. I mean, I'll just give you a couple examples. There's a lot that happened because I was, I was under their wing for a really long time. I didn't need them. They just made it sound like I needed them. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They manipulated the shit out of me. Oh yeah. I can relate to that. Some things that they would say, like I was always overweight and like, I, I was extremely insecure about that. And I think they like really capitalized on that. And ch- I, I wouldn't be vocal about it. I'd be actually like pretend like I do anything I can to like, not like hide myself. You know what I mean? Like feel just like, you know, escape a little bit and dissociate, but they would always make weird comments about my body. They'd say, you look like a Victoria's secret model. And then they'd like grab my like, rolls on my stomach and squeeze them and look at my face while they would do that and I was you know pretty poor my parents Mm -hmm. were just trying to make it in this country in this city really expensive city and her parents were their parents were well off these evil Mm -hmm. twins and I would whenever they'd like make me come over to their house all the time, even mm-hmm. though I didn't want to, I didn't know what bound. I didn't even know boundaries existed. So not my fault, <laughs> but, um, they would always, their mom was evil too, evil. Mm-hmm. And she was like a little fucking middle schooler with them. She was like the leader of their craziness. Um, and she would like take us out to fancy dinners. And then she'd tell my mom that she owed them so much money. It was, like, really fucking weird. Yeah. It, 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 like, still scars me. Like, I'm still shaking from it. But, like, it there was just... That's just, like, a, a little sliver of how they treated me, you know? Like, they gave me a really bad haircut. And it was, like... It was just, like, really fucked up. Yeah. Um, A lot of, like, invasiveness of my body that I was, like, struggling to even, mm. like, accept. Like, I wish, like, growing up, I would, like, want... I would have this image of, like, I can just unzip my skin and just get out of it and feel... Like, I didn't have a body I didn't want, you know? But, like, it was just evil. So that's that's as much as I'll say about those. They don't really deserve a lot of attention. Like, I don't really care what they're doing mm-hmm. in life. Um, mm-hmm. They actually wanted to meet up the other... <laughs> I accidentally... So I, I, like, sent one of their stories on Instagram to my friend, but I ended up sending it to them. Oh, my God. And I was like, do you think that that's the pool in their back? They, like, built a whole pool in their back? I don't know. It was just something really stupid. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, fuck. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Mm. Fuck, fuck. You know? Um, But basically, uh, she was like, do you want to just hang out? And I'm like, I'm busy for the next month. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just, I wish, I never, nope. It's not Mm. happening again. No, 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 no so anyways that was that was the end of that um but high school I will say there were high school was one of my better times I had a lot of trouble at home um so coming to high school was really fun um for me I'd get kicked out of all my classes but somehow by a miracle I was like a leader in the class um I did my you know graduation we didn't have a valedictorian but the class voted me to do the the graduation speech that was a huge honor Mm -hmm. it's where I like I really started to learn my public speaking Mm -hmm. skills and like my theatrical skills in um in high school I did theater all four years it was such a great channel for my ADHD my hyperactiveness my need for creativity um and also I was 
president of my junior class. I, I led a Zumba club and it was like the biggest club in the school. Um, and I just, you know, I felt really like I was finding myself. I was finding a voice for myself. Um, I have found a lot of neurodivergent friends, not a lot, actually, you know, the smaller, the better, mm. the more loyal, I guess. But um, I'm still friends with them to this day. Um, and they're extremely neurodivergent. Mm. <laughs> so it makes sense yeah. why we're still friends, why they understand me, I understand mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of great things came out of high school. I honestly had a great time getting kicked out of class in high school, because it was just like around people that didn't bully me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got bullied a lot and uh, it was like they they probably wouldn't recognize it as bullying because it was so subtle mm. but like I feel it I know yeah. it I'm an adult I have I'm very reflective I love to analyze everything um and all the work I've done I just know that that contributes to my trauma yeah um so yeah I think I think I found myself more and I learned public speaking was absolutely terrifying theater was absolutely terrifying but it was like the most exhilarating experience the most present thing i would sleep like a baby at night and i'd have sleep troubles as a lot of adhd people do yeah um and autistic people as well i i relate to the sleep struggles yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm just you know i i'm i'm just continuing to build on the person that i started to discover in high school and i'm you know, so proud of myself because I've accomplished so much more since, since then. Um, and you will continue to accomplish. I'm and so sure, will you yeah. look at us. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Fuck our bullies. Fuck, fuck those our bitches. bullies. Fuck our bullies. <laughs> fuck them. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really beautiful to be able to connect with people that like kind of share similar experiences. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, and yeah, again, like, I think, I don't know. I, I can't speak for you, but I, do believe we're both very emotional people so we it's are. like I, it's I, so I, sensitive yes. to even talk about it it, it, feels, is. Like it is it feels like it's happening all it over. does oh my god when i was talking about the bullying i felt <laughs> I all the emotions here we were getting yeah yeah it, it, i'm like shaking like my i have like earrings like i get shaky so um it's both beautiful and like a wound it's yeah i wouldn't say it's a wound mm-hmm. but it's a scar it never heals you know yeah. it's there sure. like jim says warrior marks <laughs> yeah it is it is it is oh my god it totally stripe. is yeah well this has been really really fun uh i wish we had more time uh we 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 should do a part three and some because i think I am down, George. It's such a pleasure talking to you every time. Yeah, you too, you know, and I, yeah, I just think that it's always a really great time and, you know, yeah, you should be a regular guest on the podcast. If you want me, I will be there. That's all I can say. It's, it's, it's really, really therapeutic. I love being open and honest with people Mm -hmm. who are open and honest with me. This is you know, this is, this is exhilarating in its own way. Like, like I said, like we've talked about before, it gives us energy to be able to like express ourselves and be understood and heard. So, so thank you for providing such a beautiful platform. Yeah, of course. Thank you for for joining us today. And, um, you know, me and all my followers, because now you're blowing up, George, I'm blowing up. I don't want to like, 
I don't want to like. Don't jinx it, okay, but you know true. it's happening. It's happening. But also believe in yourself. Like yeah. it's gonna happen. It's all about manifesting. It's all about working hard, as yeah. we know very well. You can't just manifest. You got to do it all. You got to work hard and manifest, and it's it's coming for both of us. Yeah. I, whatever sure. we want, we will get. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, I hope everyone. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, and uh, I'll see you next time.